Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. This is part two. We are talking about how to recession-proof your real estate business. This is especially true, especially true for those of you who have teams, if you are a small, medium, or even large-sized broker. Um, I'm going to start out by telling you a story that sounds a little bit depressing, but the fact is is that maybe some of you need to have um, a little bit of a brush with the realization that a recession, and especially a recession like this one, will not suffer any fools. Julie and I have been in the coaching and training business for arguably two decades, maybe a little bit longer, um, but you know, 20 years. And in that time we've been through is, you know, even when we were selling real estate ourselves, we've been married for 31 years. So forever, but in that time uh, we've been through at least four recessions and I can give you guys example after example, after example of brokers and teams and teams have been around since the nineties. They're not a new thing really since the late eighties that waited too long to make changes. And we've, Julie and I have seen this happen Every single time there was a recession, especially after the great housing recession. And here's how the logic goes. And this is exactly how people think. And I'm going to give you then what almost happens every single time. What happens almost every single time. There is, this is you as a team leader, you as a broker. This is how your brain works. Um, I have a team. We have a broker. We've had, you know, 10 years of really great success. We have great agents. Everyone's motivated. We're making a lot of money. We have the superior brand. We've got good lead generation funnels. Yes, my expenses for my business is high, but look at how successful I've been over the past few years. I've had hockey stick type growth. I have lots of awards. I'm on all kinds of real trends lists. I'm on all kind, I've received all kinds of plaques. Everyone says I'm super successful. Oh, and I have to continue to appear super successful because somehow in my brain, I have attached the idea that appearing successful makes me successful. In other words, if I tell the world I'm successful, I actually believe that makes me more successful. So I have adapted all these ways of thinking that aren't really rooted in anything practical, aren't rooted in anything, frankly, logical, but they've worked for the past, you know, 10 years or whatever. And so it only makes sense that they'll continue to work. Yes, I've heard stories about these recessions and I'm hearing stories about businesses that, you know, frankly, are the, uh, you know, McDonald's is talking about losing same, uh, losing sales. Chipotle is losing sales. Amazon is deciding not to expand. Uh, Facebook is having layoffs. I hear all these stories about these big and medium companies that are no longer in expansion mode. And quite frankly, they're starting to pull in the reins and let people go and cut expenses. But it doesn't pertain to me. I will be fantastic. I'm going to thrive in this recession. We're going to keep on doing what we've been doing because we've got the best of everything. All right. Some of you are in that state right now. Now, here's what happens. Just follow along with me because I've had these experience with many, 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 many coaching clients as is Julie, uh, as, as have all of our coaches. And here's what happens next. Okay, the cash flow is slowing down, right? We had a crappy month and yeah, maybe it looks like the following month and maybe the month after that based on pendings is going to be a little bit slow, but we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Come on now. We've got great systems. You know, after all, we're this and we're the other thing. We're the number one agent in our marketplace, the number one team in our marketplace. And did you see we just made, you know, another list and we have another pla- a bunch of plaques and people are asking me to speak at their events? There's no way we're going to suffer this recession in a negative way. We're fine. The recession only adversely affects everybody else, not me. 
Three months pass, cash flow hasn't returned, closings are actually slowing down, market has changed, uh, team leader, you're now saying, well, you know what? Yeah, I get it. Market changed. Uh, it looks like this is going to be a slowdown that's going to last more than a few months, maybe last more than a quarter, but I, I'm good. I got savings. Look, I'm going to borrow against my rental properties. Uh, okay, so what? I got a college, a kid's college education fund. I'm going to borrow against that or I'm going to sell it. I'm going to take a home equity loan. I was thinking about buying a new boat. Well, I can put that off and I'm going to, you know, maybe not take the vacation to Europe. I was thinking about, I'm just going to do a staycation and stay home and read a book, right? So you then start pinching or pulling in your own personal expenses. And this is, again, the pattern that most people follow. And then what they start doing is they'll start burning their own personal net worth to keep a business that was not designed, cannot thrive in this new economy alive. So they keep the expenses going by selling their own personal assets, by absolutely destroying their own financial security. Now, why are they doing that? Is it because they believe that their business is going to be able to build and continue to grow it in a recession? Or is it because they don't want to appear that they're no longer successful? You guys get the difference? Because any business owner, Amazon, Facebook, all these other big businesses, they're saying, yep, we know we're the biggest, baddest business on the block. But the fact is, is we see storm clouds ahead and we're cutting overhead. Whereas most agents and small businesses, what we see them doing is the exact opposite. They wait too long, then they start burning the candle at both ends. And now here's what happens about a year from now. And I'll, and I'm, again, I don't want to depress any of you, but this is absolutely the pattern of behavior that a lot of medium, small real estate businesses, teams and whatnot, that are going to follow. So here's what's going to happen a year from now. Holy shit. I shouldn't have waited this long. I now have um, a situation where I have no equity in my house. I've sold my five rental properties. I now have to tell my kid I have no college uh, you know, savings plan. We no longer have, I, I had to fire half my staff because I couldn't afford them anymore. My buyer agents have all basically you know, gone to the wind. It's now just back to me and maybe two assistants and my dog. And so now I've been forced to downsize. Not only that, I've been forced to downsize, but I've also lost whatever financial security I built for myself, whatever net worth and wealth I built for myself. Uh, I burned it all away, hoping and praying that somehow the recession wasn't going to adversely affect me. That is what happens. Now, could you be one of the one in a million that that doesn't happen because of this market? Yes, but not with the business model that was only built to work in one business, one type of market. And that's what most of you are doing. The buying buyer leads, focusing on brand. Here, here's another little fact for you guys. Uh, again, we've been around, um, you know, essentially we're forever, right? Long enough to remember. Long enough to remember, right? All these branding and marketing companies are the first ones that go out of business and the first ones that you stop hearing from when a market changes because they're the ones that were providing you the least results. It isn't because agents wake up and start having the epiphany that branding and marketing wasn't actually generating business. It's just that the agents themselves who are the customers of these businesses aren't making money and they stop paying their bills. It's not because agents have the epiphany, you know, oh, I guess this branding and marketing stuff was a little bit of a high flyer in the first place. Maybe I shouldn't be doing it. Nope, that isn't the way it works. What works, it, what, how it happens is, is they cannot pay the bill. Their credit card gets declined in that branding and marketing company goes out of business as a result. It's not from edu, edu, agents essentially being, essentially wising up prior to the pain. They experience the pain and then they stop paying the bill. Again, that's the cycle that we're in right now. Now, I'm not trying to depress you. 
I'm trying to over-prepare you. Julie and I are enormous advocates of hoping for the best but preparing for the worst. Everyone likes to say, and everyone likes to kind of shit on anyone who they perceive as a skeptic or a pessimist. In a market like this, you can be optimistic about your ability to adapt, optimistic about your ability to learn new things to thrive in this market, but do not be overly optimistic about the nature of the market. Be a skeptic about it. Be a, be a, you know, be a absolutely pessimistic about it because that's going to cause you to overprepare. There is no cost whatsoever to hoping for the best but preparing for the worst. None. There is no downside to that. Now, let's say, for example, there's no way this is the case, but let's say, for example, the economy turns around. We're walking on clouds again in six months. Everything's amazing. It's another boom market. You know, not going to happen, but let's just say that's the case. Go back, and if you want to turn the, you know, the, uh, the faucet back on and you want to start doing some of that goofiness that you were doing before, the branding and the marketing and the lead buying and all this other stuff, if you want to go lean back into that stuff, uh, you can, but don't do it now because those are the things that you are not getting results from now. Those are the things that if you continue to pay for are going to drain your cash flow. And before you have to start draining your actual, you know, net worth, you know, stop, just stop. Use the, what would your grandma tell you, right? <laughs> Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. That is really the bottom line. Some of you, all of you practically, if I'm being really, you know, I look at the demographics from our podcast and our YouTube channel. 99.9% .9 of you basically have never sold real estate in a market other than the one that we've left. Gone. It's gone. It's in your rear view. It doesn't feel like it yet in all markets, but it's going to happen. So 99% of you have never sold real estate in a transitioning market, let alone what's going to be a balanced market or maybe even a buyer's market in some places. Do not assume that your old techniques and your old logic and your old skill set apply. They do not. If you've not been in this business through different cycles, which again, statistically, hardly any of you have, you need to be willing to allow yourself to accept the fact that there is a hell of a lot of new stuff you need to learn. And you need to learn urgently. It always leans back into the layer, the levels of learning. The first one is uh, unconscious incompetence. That's where you don't know what you don't know. And then after you have wised up to the fact that, hey, guess what? New market requires new ways of thinking. Then you wake up to conscious incompetence. Conscious incompetence is where all you need to get and you need to get immediately. That's where you're accepting the fact that there's a lot you don't know and you're willing to learn, not just willing to learn, you're desperate to learn how to thrive in this market. That is the point of this podcast. That is the point of really what we're trying to get all of you to do is wake up to the fact that you can thrive in this market, but get ahead of the curve. This, the darkest storm clouds, they're way on the horizon for now, six months, 12 months, maybe two years. Be over-prepared, hope for the best, but prepared for the worst. All right, Julie, let's get to point two, uh, part two. Yes, and we're talking again, part two, about how to recession-proof your business. Point number six, we touched on a little bit yesterday, but here's the drill down. Use our 12-week seller communication plan to talk with all active sellers weekly, even or especially when you don't want to. Agents don't do that because they don't know what to say. We have helped them with that. In other words, this is a plan that you can employ when you take a new listing that gives you an actual conversation outline and a schedule of what you should be saying every single week for 12 weeks. Why 12 weeks? Because that's four months and the average a balanced market is 
four months about the new market where we're entering into the average days in the market is going to be four months the old market is where there's 20 buyers for one listing now there's going to be one buyer for every one listing or thereabouts again some markets are going to stay smoking hot others are going to get like i'm describing and you're going to have to have the patience the fortitude the professionalism and frankly the ability to psychologically you know doctor fill that seller into the understanding that it didn't sell right away but it does it will sell and here's what we're doing to get the property sold or the seller will fire you there is going to be a tsunami of agents getting fired over the next six months because they set false expectations for the seller not completely their fault because the market changed so fast mm -hmm. so it's already of, happening yeah it's already happening so the expired opportunity the opportunity to go after all to become a dominant listing agent is just getting started point number well, so here's the problem hmm. you guys are following a one week seller communication plan right now yeah which it, you know and that's easy you you show them the pictures that are online all of your different things that you've done and you expect it to sell in one weekend maybe two at the outside and then you run out of things to say to the seller well you're afraid you you avoid them absolutely and i have to say tim because i monitor all the online stuff agents talking to each other and all that not just on our private facebook group for our members but also, you know, all the other things that I see them chattering about. The number one thing that's out there right now is I have this beautiful listing and I see, you know, the beautiful pictures. It's great. But it, we're on our third weekend and it hasn't sold yet. What do I say to the seller? So that's what the 12-week communication plan is about. And if you don't say what you're supposed to say to the seller, if you're not professional, you can have the best listing ever with the best pictures ever. Price, condition, location. Everything's great you will get fired. And then here's what's going to really suck for some of you. You're hearing me say these words, but you're not going to actually listen. I know that's just human nature. You're going to say you're being, you know, a Pollyanna. It's not going to happen to me. I'm an optimist. Well, here's what, unfortunately, there'll be at least a thousand of you. This is going to happen to perfect listing, perfect price, perfect condition. You didn't communicate with the seller. The seller feels neglected. The seller fires you. The, se the seller then chooses another agent to list the house. Agent lists the house at the same price. Um, you know, it takes new pictures, new descriptions, and it sells in 22 seconds. So, and anyone who's been in the business for as long as uh, we have, you've had this happen to yourselves. It is your fault for not communicating with the seller. When people say, you know, I great, give great service to my real estate clients. You give great service to your real estate clients based on the market selling itself and not having to really frankly do much to service your sellers. In this marketplace now, you need to have a 12-week communication plan. What do you do if the house is still for sale at the end of 12 weeks? You start the whole damn thing over again. That's what you do. You keep the listing. You need to learn how to take long-term listing contracts. You need to learn how to basically be competitive in a market where, frankly, the houses aren't going to sell themselves. You cannot, you know, give the seller the real, like we are with you guys right now, give them the bottom line sort of driverly approach to the facts and the figures because they will fire you. They're not ready or willing to hear the truth yet. So you're going to need to learn how to have great, great bedside manner, how to tell people things they don't want to hear when they don't want to hear it at the highest level. That is what we teach you to do. That's called scripts. That is called objection handlers. That is called being a real estate professional. Point number seven. Point number seven. Well, it's called premier coaching at the end of the day. Okay, so point number seven, become outrageously proactive with your lead generation more than you have had to be in the past. You need more conversations with more sources of business to find truly motivated prospects. Remember that people move because of their own circumstances, not because of the market, especially when there's uncertainty. 
Even when we were in the depths of the housing crash with 4 million active listings, people were still buying and selling and closing every day because of their circumstances. But and, you've got to find them. And by the way, in 1981, how many of you were alive in 1981? I just laughed to myself when Yikes. I said that. Oh, boy. I know. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. Getting back on track Recovery here. Recovery moment. Well, you realize someone who was born in 1981, they're basically in the late 30s, early 40s. I know. Yeah. All right. So... In 1981, mortgage interest rates, check it yourself, were 20%. 20%. Ask your parents or, unfortunately, maybe your grandparents. Well, but both okay. of our parents bought their houses then at 18 and 19%. And that is my point. People were still buying and selling real estate. The transactions were still happening. They were happening maybe for different reasons. Remember, you guys were smart enough, blessed enough. You're selling something that everybody needs, no matter what interest rates are, no matter who the whatever's going on in the world. It does not matter. People will always need a house to live in. We talked about this yesterday and we're paying very close attention to this because it's interesting, if nothing else. Look how people now, when you go to the grocery store, are you buying the brand names that you were buying before or are you downgrading? I bet you're downgrading. When you're going to the gas pump, are you buying the premium fuel now or are you downgrading? I bet you're downgrading. When you are going, are you, look, McDonald's announced that their same store sales are dropped, have dropped off significantly. Amazon, as we discussed yesterday, has canceled uh, what amounts to, um, you know, more warehouses. They're not expanding into this market. These businesses, we can go on and on, Facebook, uh, even small, medium-sized businesses. Businesses now are looking into the future, not by a day or two months like most agents think, into the future for a year or two years. And they're saying, you know what? We are not willing to spend money in a market that has this much uncertainty. Businesses run by, let's assume, smart people are anticipating that we're going to be in this cycle for a long period of time. Prepare for the worst. Hope for the best. You guys get it? Exactly. Point number eight, top lead sources should include, but not be limited to, your center of influence and past client database, expireds, withdrawns, temporarily off the market properties, you know, those sellers that have fired their agents that didn't retain the listing and didn't have that communication, unrepresented owners, those are for sale by owners, absentee owners, probate and new construction salespeople. The, this list, again, you can expand from there, but this list is our favorite because this is the most proactive. This is the most likely to list. Yesterday, Tim, you talked about the value of taking a for sale by owner listing. They probably don't even have an agent relationship. They might be a for sale by owner because nobody's asked them yet to list with them. Look at the value of that one contact, what it does for you. One listing leads to more listings in the neighborhood. That sale, open house leads, all of the activity that goes along with that, that was one contact. And yet some of you guys like to waste your time doing this thing called circle prospecting, where you're just randomly calling and doing a public service announcement. Well, why do they out there? Why do they do that? Because it's conflict free. It's conflict. It does not require sales skills. Hi, this is Bob at Bob's real estate. And I just want to let you know that one, two, three Elm street just sold for, you know, five, nine, nine, nine and blah, 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 blah. No conflict. There's no, there's no sales skills required. Don't pat yourself on the back to call a bunch of strangers. Oh, but I made 10 contacts today, Tim. Exactly. You're calling people who do not have their, do have, have basically no interest in selling their homes, hoping that you make two or 300 contacts, you might generate a lead. And you're not calling the people who already have their hands in the air saying, I want to sell my house. And notice Julie and I are proactive. We train you to be proactively generators. We do not say mail a letter. We said call because a call is going to get the lead. A call is going to have the conversation. If you do not want to do it, and here's a whole bunch of reasons why you don't want to do it. This is what you're telling yourself. I'm too busy. 
Are you really? I, um, I'm, you know, I don't like being like a salesperson. I don't want to seem too pushy. I get it. Our scripts, our objection handlers, what you, we ask you to say and how we ask you to say it is designed to work with all different personality types, all different sales skills. Even if you have no sales skills, it is designed to work in this market and it is definitely designed for you. We are going to make it. So we want you to, yes, memorize the script. Number one, then we want you to internalize the script. And then we want you to personalize the script. We do not want you to personalize the script and then uh, be shocked when your version of our script doesn't work. Memorize, internalize, and then personalize. We want you to make it your own. But in order for you to make it your own, you have to learn the right way of delivering it in the right order first. And don't be afraid to have things written down on pieces of paper when you're talking to prospective sellers. Every single professional is reading a script. Your doctor, every single person that you talk to that's a professional is looking down at a computer screen or looking at a piece of paper. That is what people expect a professional to do. So do not tell yourself, well, I don't want to be embarrassed because they're going to see I'm reading a script. They're going to not, not only see you uh, in a bad way, they're going to see you in a positive way because they're going to see you're being professional. All these things that are railroading you to do the right thing, to make money, to be of service to people in this market are all based in your perception of how people will perceive you. Your ego. I don't want people to think I'm desperate. I don't want people to think I'm just seeing them for a real estate transaction. I don't all this crap that you allow to manifest in your mind. It's all just in your mind. It's not real. When you're calling and you're proactively lead generating to people that have their hands in the air right now, and what that, what a for sale by owner, what a probate is, what an expired is. Those are people with problems. You are the problem solver. That's it. It's not more complicated than that. And if you're telling yourself there's anything negative associated with trying to solve people's problems, you are in the wrong business. You, matter of fact, no business is, there is no business that exists on planet earth, um, even nonprofits that aren't founded with the you know idea that they're there to solve somebody else's problem. That is what businesses are. They're problem solvers. And if you're not thinking of yourself as a problem solver, then you will not be in business. You cannot expect the world to send you leads or that somehow magically you're going to attract business to you in a market like this. Become proactive. Once you do, you feel powerful. You feel in control. You feel unbelievably alive because you realize you can determine your own future. And that kind of tail ends on something I was just saying before. You are selling something that everybody needs no matter what's going on in the world. You are blessed to be selling real estate. And because of inflation, your average commission will increase because what's going to happen is your average sale price will increase. And because we're now in a recession, the sellers are going to be willing to pay more in commission, not less, because they know the house will be harder to sell. You guys get it? Your commissions will increase, provided you're actually, you know, earning any. Yes, the object is to be the listing agent when it actually sells. Yes. Okay, so again, we're talking about a recession-proofing your business. Point number nine, be very clear about which buyers you're working with are both motivated and qualified to actually buy. And remember that no buyer actually has to buy. Buyers always have more options than sellers. But speak with their lenders when they're financed and be sure that uh, proof of funds letters where the cash, you know, if it's an all cash, learn more about mortgage options than the traditional 30-year fix. We have done droves of podcasts yes. on this where we give you an overview of what that point really means. Go and you're a Premier Coaching member, absolutely log in. All the notes are there. By the way, Premier Coaching is available for you right now for free. Text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. We have a new probate section that's 
on there. We have all the scripts and the objection handlers, like 90% of them, that you need to have to proactively lead generate. We're going to tell you exactly what you should be doing. A 90-day massive action plan. The real estate survival guide is on there. We're giving you the information on the real estate treasure map. Everything is there. Included also is the, you get a daily semi-private coaching session with your Harris certified coach. What are you waiting for? It's free. If you're looking for direction in this business, if you're wanting to know what to do now, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, to make it so you thrive in this business, that's what Premier Coaching is for you. Text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Um, remember, message and data rates may apply when texting. Julie, point number 10. Point number 10, keep your powder dry so that you can invest when you see the best opportunities. With more inventory comes more choices and eventually more moderate prices. So monitor your own credit score, save at least 10% from each commission, and get yourself pre-approved as an investor so that you can pounce when it's time. Those opportunities are going to return to the market. And if you don't do this, you will wish you did when we go on the next upswing. You know, I have to say one of the, again, we were talking yesterday about some of the positive things that are happening. Mm-hmm. One of the positive things that are ha- that, that exists now that did not exist during the last housing crash is the uh, viewpoint of, of really where housing sets in people's minds. So after the housing market crashed back in 06, 07, 08, 09, um, a lot of people, and it was very, it became almost a popular topic in all the, let's say, left-leaning news outlets to talk about this is the time where we should socialize housing. Rents are too high. Somehow the American dream is no longer to own a home. Blah, blah, blah. All this sort of Marxist doctrine about real estate. There should, why will you have private ownership? You know, the government should own housing and dictate who gets what, all the rest of it. All this crazy stuff started. Very to, negative. Yeah, very negative. All started to actually sort of become normalized. And then what happened? Uh, frankly, millennials and HGTV and Bravo TV made real estate sexy. Not sexy again, but sexy probably for the first time. For sure. And then you're, this whole last wave of the housing boom, housing, real estate, being in real estate, has complete, the context of it has completely changed. When Julie and I got into real estate, um, any of you who are older than, older than 40 will know what I'm talking about. Real estate was not seen as a, a uh, essentially a job that you wanted to aspire to. It's something you fell into or it's a part-time job, that kind of thing. Now it's something that's aspirational. And along with that, or maybe as a result of that, what's incredible that's happened is people now are absolutely in love with real estate. Everybody wants to buy a home, own a home, and there's not going to be any room for doubting that home and real estate is an amazingly powerful way of building wealth. Julie and I came across this statistic that said the average net worth of somebody that owns a home is 75x, uh, 75 times of someone who was a renter their entire life. You know, that and the overall you know, essentially way that real estate is being viewed and the number of people that are getting into real estate, how real estate is sexy, how being in real estate is an aspirational career. All of these things are an unbelievably powerful uh, up, uh, essentially a wind underneath your wings going into a recession. So don't allow anyone to pull you down. Pull you down. Don't let anyone, uh, allow anyone to take your, your, your inspirations and your aspirations and your potential away from you because of this market. Build because of this market. You will come through this market being thousand times stronger than you were going into it because you will have thrived. You will have been in the gladiator ring of real estate 
during what will be one of the greatest challenges in probably the history of the United States for our economy. That is what it's seemingly shaking up to do. And really, guys, you have to set your minds that this recession is going or this recession is going to be not multi months, but probably multi years. This inflation is certainly not going to be multi months. Remember a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, they were saying the inflation is transitory. Well, that went out the window. Now they're not even talking about it anymore. Now they're not even willing to call this a recession. They want us to believe that we're not in a recession. Whatever. The fact is, is we're in this new economic cycle. Do not be in fear of it. Do not hide from it embrace it be thankful for it honestly guys realize that there's never been a better time for caring competent skilled real estate professionals than there is now and i have said julian i've said that on our podcast for years but the reality of it is is now because of all the fear all the lack of leadership that's happening in all of our lives caring, competent, skilled real estate professionals, those who are actually willing to do what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it at the highest level are going to do so well that really, frankly, guys, you won't even remember the version of yourself in the past. You'll be a completely different person on a completely different tra- trajectory. Take this opportunity seriously. This being in real estate right now is perhaps one of the greatest opportunities you ever will have to build wealth. How many of you would have loved to have been able to buy real estate to Julie's last point during the great housing crash? All of you. How many of you were in the position financially to do it? Very few of you. Change that. Right size your business now. Listen to yesterday's podcast. Listen to today's. Take it seriously. Do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Julie, anything else you'd like to say? Well, I'm really excited from a coaching standpoint because the skills that they add to their acumen today and moving forward, everything you learn that you have to do in a changing market, a balanced market, maybe even eventually a buyer's market, all of those skills will serve you well in any kind of market. And, you know, some of the skills from the previous market will serve you well now, but not so much. But every everything, all those conversations you've got to upgrade, you know, being able to maintain a seller relationship until it actually sells, being able to sort your buyers out, knowing more about mortgages, all of these things. They think they don't know what competing for a listing is, frankly. I know. They don't know what it means to have to essentially psychologically uh, Dr. Phil, a buyer or a seller. They don't know what it's going to be like to walk into uh, a real estate transaction where every single person involved is operating 50% on false information and fear. They don't know what it means to actually fill in the, in the knowledge gap, let alone be the bedrock in the transaction. What's well, unconscious incompetence. Exactly, which is what we talked about before, right? You are mostly uh, listening to this podcast. You are having little epiphanies, assuming your ego is not uh, you know, beating it down. Yeah. You're maybe feeling little pangs of insecurity because you're realizing what we're saying is true. You need to move as fast as you humanly can. The four levels of learning, four levels of mastery. You guys should Google this. It's pretty fascinating. The first level, and I'm going to stall out on the third level, so get ready to tell me. It's okay. So the first level is unconscious incompetence. That's where you don't know what you don't know. You're bliss. Well, yes, you're blissfully ignorant. Mm-hmm. And then what normally happens, and that's what most of you are, and that's not a bad place to be as long as you don't stay there. Then you're going to probably have some setbacks. You're going to lose a listing. Your mom's going to choose to list with somebody else other than you. You're going to have something that's going to happen that's going to be shocking to you. And hopefully, you know, only once. 
And then what some of you are going to do is you're going to rationalize the failure. Oh, you know what? They told her a higher price. They told her a lower commission. They somehow promised they'd buy her a new microwave. You're not going to be willing to go to the point where you're going to admit you lost the listing because you weren't good enough to earn the listing. You are going to try to write off the, you know, the failure. You're not going to accept it. You're not going to say, I need to get better. That is unfortunately what happens to most people when they are actually in a situation with most of this, you know, frankly, not just small business owners, but humanity in general. Now, when you move past that, when you say, you know what, I've listened to this podcast. Um, I think I understand what these guys are saying. I need to know what I don't, I need to move past real. I need to accept the fact there's a hell of a lot I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. And it's time for me to learn. I don't want to have a bunch of setbacks. I don't want to lose money. I don't want to have any hardship in my life that I've set up for myself. No unforced errors. So now I'm going to move past unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence. Now I know what I, I, I am open to learning what I don't know. And that is when you guys become coaching clients. If you're stuck in the blissfully ignorant phase, you're not going to become coaching clients where you become coaching clients and you open your mind to the opportunities is when you are in that second phase consciously incompetent. incompetent. Now the third phase, the third phase is really exciting because that's called conscious competence. Now you're getting your con- your competence going. You have skill, but you are consciously competent when, yes, you still have to prepare for those listings. You have to remind yourself of those scripts. You have to maybe have some scripts written down in front of you while you're on the phone, but you're becoming more and more consciously competent. You have your presentations together. It, you're working on it and you're getting some wins now. It bothers the hell out of you when you drive past a for sale by owner That's right. versus now you don't even see it. That's right, because you have, you know, you've blocked it out because you know that maybe you don't know what to say when you walk in that door. Okay, so then eventually you become unconsciously competent. That's kind of like cruising altitude where you've gone on so many listing presentations. I think about somebody like Lance Kenmore, who we've been coaching a long time, where you can put him in any situation, in any price range, in any neighborhood, and he's going to take that listing because he is uh, consciously, he's, what is it called? Unconsciously competent. All those terms sound the same, I know. which means he's done it so many times. He knows exactly what to do, exactly what to say to get the same result repetitively. That's where someone has that, a real estate professional or any professional has that aura, whatever they say, whatever they do, it's like, holy crap, that person's just unnatural. They're amazing. They don't sound scripted. They just is who they are. That is where all of you need to get. And you don't need to become that level of, you don't have, need to have that level of mastery over very many things. You need to do it over proactive lead generation, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and lead follow-up. Those are really the only skill sets you need to master in real estate. And yet so many of you are believing that you need to become marketing and funnel experts. You need to work on your brand. You need to be doing all these other things. You don't. You need to focus on the things that are going to make you money. Now, listen, one of the best opportunities for you to build stability aside from becoming a premier coaching client is absolutely joining eXp Realty. One of the best business decisions that Julie and I have made in our three decades together, three decades plus, dare I say, (laughs) is that we joined eXp Realty. eXp Realty is without a doubt the most state-of-the-art brokerage for every agent in every price range and every market condition. And yes, absolutely, Julie and I are associated with eXp Realty, and we'd love the opportunity to discuss with you about you joining with us and Julie and I being your sponsors of eXp Realty. So I want to be very clear. If you have not chosen your sponsor and you're looking for a sponsor that will be ridiculously proactive in your success, 
at eXp Realty. We strongly encourage you to text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. And this is especially true. It doesn't matter. New agent, seasoned agent, all of you with teams, all of you with brokerages, you need to be taking a hard look at this. Just open your mind. You can make an analytical spreadsheet decision on whether or not this is the smartest move for you, but please do not wait. Take action on this now. Text me directly at 512-758-0206. We'll talk to you guys on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.